Man, it's great to see you all today on this. Man, it's like summer. I love Rochester summers. It's like, man, it's so hot all the time. It's crazy. Then by August, we're complaining. It's awesome. Uh, but I'm just, I'm just kidding. Um, anyway, we are, uh, we're going to close out our series on James, but uh, I just want to give a little, quick little shout out. Emma Rollins is in the house. Hey. Welcome home for a bit. And, like, David Rollins graduated. Lawrence is here. Man, if you don't know this, the Rollins family's been on, like, three different continents for, a, like, too long. And now they're all in the same building. It's, like, shocking. Yeah, it's crazy. So, welcome, everyone. And if you did graduate, good job. You guys did it. You made it. Yeah. It's cool. Um, let's see. So, James, we are series called Building a Better World. Father's Day broke it up a little bit. Father's Day was awesome. As I said, I would put money on it. Best root beer floats in Rochester. If you missed last week, you missed them. So hopefully next Father's Day we have those again. They were truly the best. I think they were. Anyway, uh, before that though, Pastor CJ preached an awesome message on uh, strength and trials. He gave us three, who remembers the three T's? Yes? Yes? Yeah, it's tailored. Yeah, it was another, that, was a, that wasn't a T, but you were very close. Yeah, it's a test. It's temporary. Then she said, and it's designed for you. So, yeah. No, you described it. It was perfect. Yeah. Anyway, and then uh, I, I preached a message about how faith without works is dead. Now, James, if you have not read it, it's only, I think it's five chapters, okay? So it's a quick read. You'll finish James in like 30 minutes, and you'll have to take a nap because he's just not the kindest writer, okay? It's like if, he was, if there was awards for kindness and biblical writing, James wouldn't be the recipient of said award, okay? Now, uh, David, David was only mean in the Psalms when he was talking about himself or when he was talking about the people who hated him. Then he would be mean. He'd be like, God, kill them. But James is just mean to the people that he's supposed to like. Like, James just has a way of, like, he just says things that are just, like, horribly mean. But the one thing about him is he was Jesus' brother, Okay, so again, I've said it before. I don't know what your brother or your sibling would have to do to convince you that you are the Messiah or that he is the Messiah. Um, but at some point, James decided to believe that Jesus was who he said he was. And so we get the book of James. So uh, we are going to finish it. What I'm going to talk to you about today, we're going to answer the question, what are you under? What are you under? Now, you and I, if you consider yourself a follower of Jesus, we have an obligation to build a better world. Okay, we have, we have an obligation to leave the world better than we found it. That is what we're supposed to know. A better world will not happen through a hostile takeover. Okay, we cannot form a coup and just decide that we're going to run this thing how we want. That's not how it's going to work. You cannot vote a better world in. Okay, now I've been alive long. I'm 35, so I'm still on the young side. I think it's been like five presidents that I've lived through. Not once have I gotten to the end of one of these terms and been like, man, we are just so much stronger together than we were before. I'm so glad that this is working. Like, you cannot vote. I promise you, next, next uh, Thanksgiving, next uh, 2024 dinners might get a little awkward because of election season. We'll get through it. Just know when you vote next year, it is not necessarily going to make the world better, okay? Anyway, okay, so you can't vote it in, okay? And then it certainly doesn't get better through isolation. 
Okay, you cannot decide that you follow Jesus and then just create your own world within a world and say, I'm just going to protect myself from everything that's around me. I'm going to block everything out, and then the world's going to... No, it's just going to be your own world within the world. More often than not, it gets really strange. You cannot make it better through isolation. We build a better world by answering God's call to coming under his authority. Okay, now I'm going to explain all that. I gave away the whole message there. So now you're going to have to wonder, where are we going? Don't worry about it. Okay, we're going to go. So anyway, now I just want to remind you that James, what I'm about to read you, James is speaking to Christian people, okay? He is writing to the scattered Jewish Christians around the world at this time. And so what he writes, he's not writing to people he's not friends with. He's not writing to people he doesn't agree with. James is writing to Bible-believing Christians. That's very important because I'm going to read three verses and it starts off and it's just like, wow. This is what he says in James 4, 4 through 7. It says, you adulterous people. Like he could have picked anything. Like he honestly could have said anything. Like you insincere people. You people who don't have it all together. No, you adulterous people. Don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world, can you say friend of the world, becomes an enemy of God? Or do you think scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit that he's caused to dwell in us, but he gives us more grace? Can you say more grace? That is why scripture says God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Now, we're going to explain submit. Like, don't get too caught up in that word as you might know it. I know what that word can do. And then it says, then he goes on, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Can you say resist the devil? This is actually not a part of my sermon necessarily, but it's actually extremely important for you to know. If you call yourself a follower of Jesus, you can resist the devil and he will flee from you. So this idea that the enemy is just on me and he's tormenting me, it's like, okay, then tell him to stop. Like, resist the devil and he will flee. Scripture says that God won't tempt you. James actually writes about it. Uh, No temptation can come from God. Like, he will not tempt you more than you can handle. If you keep struggling with the same thing and the same sins and the same habitual mistakes, resist the devil, he has to flee. We actually have the ability to have self-control. It's incredible. Anyway, moving on. And then he says this. This is how he ends this passage. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. You see, God is calling you to draw near and give him everything. We just can't miss the call. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. This is a promise for all of eternity, that if you come near to God, his response is always to come near to you. There is no other way for this to work out. If you make the decision, I'm going to come close to God, I promise you, beyond a shadow of a doubt, God will come near to you. This is the promise and the call that James is saying. If you come near, if you submit yourself to God and you come near to him, he will come near to you. We just can't miss the call. Now, uh, can CJ and Carlos, can you guys come up here and help me? Come on. This is great. 
Uh, Carlos was making fun of CJ's jump. That was good. Excellent. Anyway, uh, we have any, um, just show of hands, and in the chat, you can put it in the chat, text message or phone call? Just put it in the chat. Which one do you prefer, a text message or a phone call? Now, in the room, text message or phone call? Text. Text. Phone people, are there any phone people? Like, we're getting to the point where it's like almost awkward to say you're a phone person, but like phone people, listen, like calling me, you, you just don't do it. It's pointless to call me. If you call, it is like, you should see, it's bad. I'm going to just give you a little bit about my life today. I have more voicemails than I care to admit. Now, funny thing enough, text messages are crazy too. How many unread texts do you have? Shut up. None? How many you got? Too many. That's the right answer. None. What's wrong with you? He's a phone call person. That's what's wrong with him. Anyway, uh, you call me, I'm just not going to answer, okay? That's just the facts. Like, if I don't have your number, forget about it. It's like, just leave me a voicemail and maybe I'll check it. But text me. Just text me. I don't, like, if it's important, text me. Say, my house is on fire or something. Text me. Say, please call me back. And then I'll probably call you. So the other day, it was just like after the PGA Championship, it came to Oak Hill. It was like, it was incredible. Okay, so even if you don't like golf, okay, like the, the Goodyear blimp was in Rochester for a whole week. Do you realize there's only like 15 of those in operation in the entire world? So like, if you miss the blimp, go outside once in a while, you could have the Goodyear blimp over your city. It was awesome, okay? And Oak Hill's like this nice course that nobody's allowed to go to because it's insane and expensive. And so for like a few days, you could go up there and you can enjoy it. And it was, I love golf, so for me it was just like unbelievable to watch these guys golf. Anyway, a couple days pass, and I get a phone call, I think it was on a Thursday, by my friend Chip Turner. Now, Chip calls me. I see it, okay? I was probably in a place where I very well could have and should have answered. Like, I wasn't that busy. And I was like, all right, I'm going to have to call him back. Because, like, that's what I do with phone calls, okay? So it's not good, and I'm working on it. So I, I put away, and obviously, because I do have ADD, I forgot within minutes that Chip even existed, let alone called me. And so I continued my day. Now, two days later, it's a Saturday. I open my phone. I go on Facebook, and Chip has posted a photo uh, teeing off on the championship course at Oak Hill. And I was like, huh, funny. There's no way that phone call is connected to this round of golf. That wouldn't be the case. Why would he call me to invite me? And so I carried on with my day believing this lie. And so we get, uh, it was another week. We get to prayer. And Chip walks in. It's the first time I've seen him. Uh, and he's like, I was like, hey, I missed your call. He's like, yeah, I was going to invite you to Oak Hill to golf. And like, you know, you go through the stages of grief. And so the first thing is like, you're like, you get like, you deny, it's denial. And then you just get angry. And you're just like, well, why didn't you text me? Like this is, you could have called me a second time. You could have texted. So I've pretty much tried to commit that I will never miss a call again. Now here's the reality. I tell you all of that to let you know that what James is telling us here, draw near to God, he will draw near to you. This is a call that you and I miss all the time. And the reason we miss it is because we live in the mist. We love the mist. 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 Love this. Mist. You were so mean to CJ. That's crazy. Mist. Living in the mist. Now, any amusement park goers in the house just love amusement parks. You like to go on like those 98 degree days. And all throughout the park, what do they have? Mist machines. Mist machines are the stupidest things. Because you know what the mist machines do? They make you believe that this is going to cool you down. And you stand in there in 95 degree 
temperatures and it's just you're sitting there in the mist and then without it it's like it's like flies to one of those blue things it gets packed with people the temperature drops from about 92 to about 82 so it's not even helping and you're just getting mist and then what happens without a doubt when you walk away from the mist machine within 25 seconds you're hot you're hot. Now not only are you hot, you're boiling lava hot because now you're sticky, you're more humid than you were before because it's all mist. Do you realize that the mist never lingers? The mist, it just dissipates whenever the temperature rises. The mist will always just dissipate. In fact, in fact, what the mist does is it feels good in the moment. Like, this feels good. Like, that feels really good. You're like, oh, it's kind of nice. A little warm in here. That feels good. But it has no lasting effect on your life. Now, do you understand that, yes, we're not even there yet. Okay, do you understand? Do you understand that James says, God opposes the proud. He gives grace to the humble. Do you realize that proud hearts live in the mist? Proud hearts, they don't know their own need. Proud hearts, they don't, they don't understand their need for a savior. Do you realize that proud hearts, they cherish independence? I'm going to do this on my own. They play by their own set of rules. It's all just missed. You cannot control a proud heart. In fact, uh, there's uh, some of the, the fathers of the faith, they would call pride the peak of all evils. Because what pride does is it puts you in this illusion uh, that makes you think that your heart has something that it actually doesn't. James would call it friendship with the world. It's one foot in and one foot out. I'm going to go to church on Sundays, and then by mid-afternoon, I'm screaming at my family. It's just missed. Church has become another checkbox on my list. Maybe we will go. Maybe we won't. Missed. Church, I'll, I'll, show, up, I'll show up in the morning. I'm going to worship God. On Monday morning, I'm back to my gossiping ways. It's missed. I've got a great theology. I love theology, but it actually does nothing to change how I treat people. Missed. In fact, I love my story of salvation. My story of meeting Jesus is so powerful. I mean, man, back in like 75 when I was high as a kite, and then it was during the Jesus movie, the tail end of it, not me, it's just a story, and I, I met God, and like he's completely transformed my life, and it's incredible. But now, zero patience for the stories of salvation for other people. It's missed. It's missed. I'm going to play by my own set of rules. It's missed. I don't need a savior. It's missed. It feels good in the moment, but there's no lasting effect on this thing. It's missed. Do you realize that if we live a mist-filled Christianity, it might not be any Christianity at all. It's a Christianity that says it's okay to be filled with anxiety. It's missed. It's a Christianity that says it's okay to be filled with stress. It's missed. It's a Christianity that says, you know what? You believe what you believe. I'll believe what I want to believe. We're going to go our separate ways. It's missed. If we, if we will miss the call, if we only live our lives by the mist, it needs to be something different. Because you realize that the experience of church, if all this is, is an experience, there's no lasting impact. There's no linger. It's here one minute and gone the next. If you live your Christianity by the mist, when the temperature of your life rises and things start to go south, this thing will be the first thing to go. It's a mist. You trust God when it's, everything's good, life starts to go south, it's a mist. We can't be fooled by the mist. James would say, we have to live our lives from under the anointing 
of heaven. He says, God opposes the proud, but he gives more grace. He gives grace to the humble. He opposes the proud. He gives grace to the humble. He also says in there that you must submit to God. Now, submit, we have like, anytime someone says submit now, everybody, like they start to like, every muscle in their body tightens up. It's like, I will submit to no man. Like, I will not submit to anybody. Like, I'm, I'm independent. This is my thing. I will work for no one. There are so many people under the age of 40 who are quitting jobs because they want to be their own boss. I refuse to submit. I am an influencer now. I'm a content creator. I'm a marketing guru, okay? I've got 200 followers on Instagram, but trust me, I will turn your six-figure business into a seven-figure business, even though I can barely get up in the morning. <laughs> Different conversation. Anyway, anyway, okay. Uh, but anyway, we do not like the word submit. I would rather be independent. What submit means when James writes it is it just means that when you submit, you find order under. It's finding order under. That is what the Greek word submit is, okay? And so let me explain this, okay? I'm going to take my shoes off. You think we're good? good? All right, no, I'm saying, I think, do you guys want to, you can go, I think. You stay, yeah, okay. Anyway, so as I said, I'm a decently ADD person. And when I say decently, it's like I legitimately, I legitimately have it. It's like, it's crazy. We found out we were, how many years married? I'm, I'm asking you, yeah. It was like eight. It was, it, you don't remember the date? This was a monumental moment for us. It was July 27th, 2018. No, no, <laughs> no. But anyway, um, we, were, we went to counseling, because you should do that, because it's like an oil change for your car, but it's your marriage. And so you go to counseling, you talk it out. And the lady instantly was like, what is it like being married to someone with ADHD? And I was like, yeah, what's it like? You tell me. Because this is what happens to me. Like, I will get home, and say it's like 6 p.m., and for whatever reason, I'm like, I'll, like, I'll take my socks off, okay, in the den. And then by 6.45, I forgot that I was even wearing socks that day. That's how this goes down. Now, my wife, everything is in order. Okay, it is like, she is the antithesis of my personality. Okay, she, like, I would use the excuse that I want this to feel like uh, it's lived in. I want our house to feel lived in. And that's just what unorganized people say. You say, I want this to feel lived in, and then I don't want to live in a museum, is what I would say. And so uh, we would have these, like, not great discussions about how sloppy I am. But it's like, I don't, just don't remember. Like, I, don't, I didn't wear socks today. That's just how it is. And so we created this alter ego and her name is Janice. And so anytime my socks are like, or any, it's not just socks, believe me, I wish it was just socks, it's everything, it could be anything. She'd be like, Janice just forgot, apparently, today to clean after us, I guess. And so it's like this whole thing. Now, here's the reality. Because again, if I make excuses about how I live in my chaos and get comfortable in my chaos, it's just missed. I would be crazy to not experience the peace that can only happen when I come under some order. Like, do you realize that you might be experiencing a chaotic life? It is not okay to just embrace it as life as normal. That is not what God actually intended. See, when you submit, when you come under the order of God, you are actually choosing to come near to the one who can bring peace that passes all understanding. And so what, what it turns into, what it turns into is, I know what happens. You get, 
you get close to holy things and you kind of dip your feet in for a minute and you start talking to some people who follow Jesus and you're like, man, there's something like interesting about their lives. Like I know what that person is going through. Like how do they have so much resolve? How do they have so much like, how do they have so much joy like, I know what they're facing. Like how to, and you start to dip your feet in a little, and you start to say, maybe there's something a little more than just mist. And so you get a little bit closer to it. And you start saying, like, man, I have tried everything I can in order to get through the stuff that ails me. And everything that I try leaves me wanting. Everything I try to do to get by in life leaves me begging for more satisfaction. It'll work for a moment. That's what mist is so good at. The mistful life will make you believe you've got something that nobody else has. And then at the end of the month, you're left just as empty as you were when you started because you realize this is only working. It's a short fix for an eternal problem. This is why James says, you have to come near to God. Submit to God. Come under the order. And what is so amazing about how God works is God is so patient with our inability to embrace our brokenness. God is so patient with just waiting for us to figure out this whole thing called life. And so he stands and he waits. And James says, if you come near to him, in fact, before that, he says, he gives grace to the humble. In order for you to be humble, you have to be willing to die to yourself daily and get as low as humanly possible and say, God, you know what? I don't have it all figured out, but for whatever reason, the closer I get to you, the better this feels. And so I'm just going to keep, keep dying to myself. You know what won't do it? More self-help books won't actually get you there. You can add more podcasts to your list of podcasts. I promise you, it won't get you there. Now, I am all for therapy. I'm all for medication. But there is something about the tangible presence of the Holy Spirit that will radically transform your life. And so what God is looking for is not just like, not just, he doesn't want the mist. God is not actually interested in the mist. And now, when you come all the way under, this feels different. First of all, you might find yourself in situations where you're the only one who looks this ridiculous, but there's something significant about coming under the one who can actually bring peace. Do you realize that it's in this posture where you will experience the peace that passes all understanding? This is not just a game. This is like there's actually chaos in life and we serve a God who's with you in the middle of your pain and he gives you peace that passes all understanding. You realize this posture, this will change the way you parent your kids. This is going to change the way that you pray. This will change the way that you talk to people. This is going to change the way that you walk through your workplace. Like when you find yourself under the anointing, you actually become an echo of heaven. God is not interested in a mistful Christian life. And here's what's really crazy about this thing, is that you get out 
oh, I think I just ruined it. I shouldn't have done it, Eric. I'm really sorry. It's fine. It's fine. It'll dry. It needs to be mopped anyway, okay? And so you get out, and now, now something's with you. You see, now, now changes happen. You see, now when you come out from under, when you are under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, it's no longer just mist. Now it sticks with you. Now you're contagious. Now people are actually going to wonder like, hey, I know what's going on in your life. How in the world are you this joyful? How is the joy of the Lord still your strength? When people start to hear your story, now it's no longer just like, yeah, I go to church on Sundays. It's no, that my entire life is banking on this thing. I absolutely need to find myself under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And this isn't now, if you come, if you're a part of a Pentecostal church, I grew up in it. I love it. And you see, you hear anointing and you think, oh, here we go. We finally got there. I knew it was going to happen at the Father's house. I know they got those modesty claws somewhere. We're going to line the people up, and they're going to start falling out. Now, listen, there's something so beautiful about that. But the anointing of the Holy Spirit is just God giving you a supernatural ability to have a holy resilience to withstand the pressures of life. It is impossible to happen when your life is filled with the mist. You have to make the decision to draw near to God. And here's what's so wild is that Jesus, Jesus was speaking to his disciples once and he tells this story because the Pharisees were there. And he tells this story about a kid who says to his dad, dad, you're dead to me. Give me my inheritance. I'm going to go live my own way. And the dad does it. The dad lets him go. The kid squanders the wealth. And it says, the Bible says he was, he was eating with the pigs. It says he came to his senses. How many of my father's servants are in need of food. He's like, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back to my dad. I'm going to tell him, listen, just make me like one of your hired servants. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. I just need to eat better. And he starts the journey back. Now, what the kid doesn't know in the story that Jesus is telling is that every day something was off at the house. And every day you're led to believe that, that the dad was coming out to check and see is the son coming home. Because the way Jesus tells the story, he says, while the son was far off, the father saw him and ran to him. Now, if we're telling the story in our mistful, like, Western Christian life, we would think the Father's going to put him in his place. The Father's going to tell him to take a seat, figure your life out a little bit, say some prayers, and do your thing. It says that the Father came, he wrapped his arms around him, he hugged him, he kissed him, he said, get the fatted calf, we're throwing a party for this kid. Do you realize that when you draw near to God, no matter your background, no matter what decisions you've made, no matter what lifestyle you're living right now, there is a Father in heaven who doesn't just want to come near you, he actually wants to cover you with his Holy Spirit. Maybe you've been, maybe, you've, maybe you're, you're my age, you're 35, and you start thinking about church, and you're like, man, the way I was brought up, I just don't, I don't know where they got the stuff and you're on this road of deconstruction. I want you to know that nine times out of ten, that road leads to you hating the very thing that Jesus gave his life up for, which was the church. I need you to know that despite what you may have been taught while you were younger, the Holy Spirit is still active and he is still real. He still wants to cover you. He wants you to be able to ask your questions, but he wants you to answer them in the context of a loving relationship with a God who cares about you. Maybe you've been in church forever. Man, you don't remember the last Sunday that you weren't here, but it's just become a place where you come, you eat, you leave, and it does nothing to change your everyday life. 
God wants you to be an echo of heaven. God wants you to choose to come under the authority of heaven. He wants to give you his Holy Spirit. He is a God who can make dry bones live. He's a God who can redig wells. He's a God that can help you dream again. So I don't know where you're at today, but there is a God in heaven who wants you to come near. There's a God in heaven who wants to give you peace that maybe you haven't felt in years. Because you want to know what can't stay long in here? Anxiety can't live that long. Chaos cannot live in this space. Stress does not last too long when you are covered by the Holy Spirit. What happens to a church who decides to live under God? A church that decides to live under the presence of the Holy Spirit. That is a church that will always leave a world better than it found it. That is a church that will always invite the broken in. It'll always invite the lost home. It'll always invite those who are far off into a genuine relationship with the only one who can give them peace. That's the church that I want to be involved with. And today, I would love for you to experience that peace. I would love for you to experience the holy resilience of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I would love for you to have an opportunity to say no to the mistful Christianity and come under the Holy Spirit. So if that's you, right where you're at in your own way, you can either stand, you can put your hands out in front of you, whatever is the most comfortable posture. And we're just going to say a prayer together. God, we thank you that you are a safe God. God, we thank you for your unwavering patience with us. God, we thank you that while we were still afar off, you ran after us. God, your word says that while we were still sinners, while we were still separated from you, Christ died for us. God, we are so grateful that when we were powerless, you decided to move on our behalf. God, we ask that you would forgive us for forgetting how patient you are. Forgive us for forgetting what the anointing of God can do for our everyday life. God, help us today to make the commitment to live under the banner of heaven, under the peace that passes all understanding. God, for those of us in here who have never had a relationship with Jesus, God, we ask that your Holy Spirit today would open up to them. God, that you would help them to start on this journey of a relationship with you. God, that there'd be peace where there wasn't peace, where there'd be joy where there wasn't joy. God, that you'd give hope to hopeless situations today. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.